Welcome to Revive Families Connecting Hearts with researcher, author, speaker, and coach Jeff Schott. Jeff is devoted to keeping the hearts of parents and kids connected. He developed Influential Parenting, a comprehensive program designed to help parents target the root of behavior issues rather than whacking away at the surface. Jeff also wrote the book Going, Going, Gone, which helps parents understand the reasons kids depart the faith. It gives parents the information they need to open conversations with their kids to prevent this outcome. Learn more about Revive Family, its resources and coaching for families at revivefamily.com. Welcome back to Revive Families Connecting Hearts. I'm Jeff Schott, the founder of Revive Family, and we're back this week with a new series talking about patience. I think it's pretty clear that we all desire to be patient parents, but that's not so easy in our fast-paced, crazy world today. And when we find ourselves struggling with patience, it's easy to start feeling like a failure as a parent, which I've found coaching many moms is really counterproductive. Because when we begin to feel like a failure, we become more sensitive to the things that our spouses say to us and our kids say to us, they can trigger this sense of failure, and that can cause us by itself to react, which then means we're impatient. It can become a vicious cycle. When we get down on ourselves, we put more and more pressure on ourselves, which increases our stress level, which also negatively impacts our patience. And it's in this series that I really hope that we'll re-examine patients. What's the what cause of it? And how do we really tackle it so that we're not always putting pressure on ourselves, trying to control our reactions, but that we actually see change from the inside out? And maybe even as I start mentioning this topic, you feel your stress level rising. So if that's the case and you're struggling with patients, step back right now, take 10 deep breaths and let it go. Take the pressure off yourself. And the reason I want to do this series on patience is that patience is essential to having a great relationship with our kids. When we find ourselves impatient with the people closest to us, we need to examine our hearts and understand ourselves. Why? Because when impatience strikes and frustration or anger result, we're literally pushing those closest to us away. If this happens on a fairly regular basis, we literally damage the sense of safety that our kids, our spouse has with us, so they emotionally distance from us. And this can become another vicious cycle, where they distance from us, which can trigger in us a sense of not being loved or rejected or respected by our kids, so we become even more sensitive or hurt, making us more sensitive to the things they do or say. This can literally build a cycle of hurt in the relationships in our home where we're being hurt by the distance and the things that they're saying and they're being hurt by our responses, our reactions, our impatience. And this cycle of hurt can go round and round, literally destroying the culture of our family. That's why I believe this series is so important because I've been in so many homes. A cycle of hurt has developed often because there are patience issues with one or more of the parents. And here's why I believe patience is so vital. Patience can actually protect our kids from negative choices and the influence of others. That's right. I did say patience can protect our kids. Whether it's my research with 4,000 kids or research from numerous universities published in Psychology Today, it's clear that research is concluding 
It's the quality of the relationship we have with our kids that actually protects them from bad decisions, relationships, and escape behaviors. And one thing's for certain, our kids are imperfect, and so our patience level is going to dictate the quality of our relationship with our kids to a great degree. Recently, I've been working with a single dad and his daughter. That dad has been a very successful businessman, and he's used to having that leverage of paychecks over his employees. But now, being a single dad, he has all of this responsibility and all of this need to build a relational connection with his daughter. And what keeps getting in the way? His patience. He has this really high IQ, and he knows what the right answers are. But at times, the way he goes about trying to get his daughter to move in the right direction, his approach is high on IQ and often low on EQ or emotional connection. In fact, at times his daughter has described the relationship as a business relationship, not a father-daughter relationship. This can either trigger her hurt and cause her to react, or this can cause her to distance. In either case, a patient, loving, compassionate response is absolutely essential at this point in their relationship, but sometimes patience gets the better of him. And it's slowing down his daughter's healing and grieving process. Impatience undermines our relationship because it leaves our kids feeling like we're not a safe place for them. And this is a huge risk today because when they emotionally distance from us and feel we're not a safe place, they'll try and replace that void with something else, which can lead to the bad decisions we all fear and are trying to prevent, which is why I'm saying Patience can actually protect our kids. I know for centuries we've been led to believe that our ability to direct, control, and impose boundaries with our kids will work, will protect them, but they don't. What truly protects our kids is a close, safe relationship that does not have our kids looking for someone or something else to accept them, listen to them, and believe in them. So beyond the benefits to having a great relationship with our kids, patience has a number of key personal benefits as well. In the article, Four Reasons to Cultivate Patience, it indicates this. Number one, patient people enjoy better mental health, which just makes sense. When we're patient, we're not agitated, we're not frustrated, we're not easily upset, so our stress level is a lot lower. Number two, are better friends and neighbors, which of course makes sense because if we lose our patience with friends, they're not friends very long. Number three, it helps us achieve our goals, which is really interesting. If we stop and think about it, it's true. When we lose our patience when we're working on something, it distracts us, it delays us, it lowers our productivity, and it may cause us to quit or give up which is why patient people are more likely to achieve their goals. The fourth reason the article gives for developing a patient spirit is that it's linked to good physical health as well. So patience doesn't just have a benefit for us and our kids and our family culture, but it has a huge benefit for each of the family members individually. Let's face it, it's hard to be joyful and have fun together if there's a patience problem growing in our home. I find that it's really helpful to look up these words in the dictionary that we use every day. So I looked up patience, and this is its definition, the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. 
in fact, a number of articles go on to explain that the primary word we should be focused on is impatience, not patience. And I found when I started to look at the information on impatience, it was really helpful because impatience is often associated with not being able to achieve one's desired outcome in a timely manner. This, of course, in many ways is the textbook reality of having a toddler, a three-year-old, or an adolescent. Rarely are things going to go or move as quickly as we'd like them to move or happen with our kids or in our kids' lives, which can bring out the impatience because we're being blocked with our goals and objectives. This is why we need to stop and examine ourselves, because all of that really focuses on us not our kids or our spouse. Why do I say that? We have a goal. We want to see that goal happen. We want to see it happen in a timely manner. And we need those around us to do what we're telling them or to move when we ask them to move in a timely manner. It's all about us, our goals, our timing, our perspective. In fact, one might even argue that the traditional view of parenting that we've all been taught or were raised with is based upon this same paradigm. It's based upon our expectations, our boundaries, and our desired outcome for our kids, which can lead to impatience because our kids often get in the way of those expectations, the desired outcomes, and our goals. So perhaps even our very view of parenting may be contributing to our impatience issue, which is causing our kids to distance from us. And it's really important to note that in all my research with 4,000 kids, oftentimes the parents did not realize the kids were emotionally distancing from them because they knew how they needed to act around their parents to keep their parents happy, to avoid the reactions and the impatience. So that emotional hurt and distance was growing without the parents' awareness. In fact, the list of expectations kids give us often is so long that it would be impossible for them to live up to them. But when parents have adopted this expectation mindset, all of a sudden they begin to view their kids negatively because they're not achieving those expectations. And they start to see their kids as forgetful or lazy or lying or manipulative, which definitely damages the relationship. As I reviewed the research related to patients, I was surprised how comparatively little research was available compared to lots of other topics. I found it was pretty weak. And perhaps that is because it's an uncomfortable topic that we hate to admit in ourselves that we're impatient. If we really boil it down, impatience is really nothing more than selfishness. Why do I say that? Because all the articles in all the research spoke in terms of impatience stemming from something disrupting or getting in the way of our goals and desires. They're being thwarted, which makes things more difficult for us, which is really all about us. And that's selfishness. Whether it is driving in traffic, bumper-to-bumper traffic, that causes us to get impatient, or someone cuts us off, or our kids are delaying us getting out of the house on time, they're impeding our goal, and we become impatient because our goal 
and or that task becomes more important than the relationship in that moment in time. So what do we do if we're struggling with impatience? When we come back after this short two minute break, we'll dig into it and we'll look at the article entitled 10 Tips to help you become a more patient parent. I'm so glad you joined us for this vital series on patience. We'll be back in just a couple of moments. Hey parents, Jeff Schott here. If you're looking for a different perspective on parenting, I have just the ticket for you. If the expectations and boundaries are causing increasing conflict or distance in your relationship with your kid, if your kid's disappearing and hiding in their room and becoming addicted to social media, I've found it's often due to this issue of patience or the approach we're taking in terms of expectations and the way we view our role as parents. So take our online influential parenting program. It really will make a huge difference in how you see your kids, how you see your role, and how you see yourself. And it will help with this whole issue of performance and patience. You can go online to revivefamily.com, go to the store, click on Influential Parenting Online, and get started today. And even better yet, contact me through the Contact Us form, and I'll send you a coupon to take the entire class for free. Once you get through the class, there'll be an implementation guide and even parent support phone calls that you can hop on and ask questions about what you're specifically dealing with with your kids. I look forward to talking with you. So go to revivefamily.com today and sign up for Influential Parenting. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to Revive Families Connecting Hearts. And we're starting this series on patience and how do we develop patience. In the first segment, we talked about why patience is so important and the fact that the relationship with our kids is being proven to be the number one protecting force in our kids' lives. It's not our ability to give them information or to control their decisions or direct what they do and don't do. It's the nature of the relationship, which is why this series on patience is so important. So as we continue, we're going to look at a couple of points from this article entitled 10 Tips to help you become more patient parents. And frankly, the article put it pretty bluntly in my thinking. Because the first tip is know that it's not your child, it's you. Ouch, that hurts a bit, doesn't it, parents? And I want you to know I'm right there with you. I've gotten so much better and so much more loving and compassionate and grace-filled with my kids. But even last night, because I didn't sleep well the night before, I was dead exhausted. And I was really short and chippy with Eric, my youngest son. What makes it different, though, is I realize it, and I actually say, dude, I'm sorry, I'm just dead exhausted tonight. Can you cut me a little space, a little grace, because your dad's just flat out spent, and he can't take anything right now. And he looked at me and said, okay, I get it, dad, and came over and gave me a hug. So when we're impatient, when we react, when we become frustrated, when we get angry, this article is saying we need to realize it's us not our kids. And we're like, wait a minute, but they were slow in putting on their shoes. They weren't moving towards the door fast enough. They were going to make us late. And that's why I lost my patience. But here's what the article and the research is proving. When you feel your impatience, even anger building up inside, 
This is the moment you want to take a step back and evaluate the situation. Right now, it's most important to find the emotional trigger which is making you upset because your child's actions are not the problem. And you're going, wow, I don't want to read this article now. (laughs) But it's really true. Too often, I talk with parents who blame their impatience, their frustration and anger on their spouse or their kids. And this doesn't mean they don't love their spouse or their kids. Often, I've found it means that there's some brokenness in their heart. They don't want to become frustrated and angry with their kids or their spouse, but they're carrying some woundedness around inside that limits their ability to interpret, process, and communicate their feelings in a productive way. The pain, hurt, and anger get triggered and get in the way. So if it's not selfishness and it's all about your goal and getting places on time that's causing your impatience, it may be something deeper, unresolved, unhealed wounds and issues that you're carrying around inside that your kids or your spouse can say something fairly minor and it trips off that pool of pain and all of a sudden our patience is blown right out the window. Kids will often say to their parents, mom or dad, you're mean. And now that I've undertaken my own healing process, that comment actually makes me laugh. It doesn't make me feel hurt. It doesn't make me get upset. It doesn't cause me to react and come down on my kids. I kind of chuckle and say, okay, how come you think I'm mean? So if this is the area you're struggling with, first thing we need to do is stop and admit and accept that the frustration, the impatience, the anger we're dealing with is really not our kid's fault. It's not our spouse's fault. It lies on our side of the ledger. Then we need to kind of break that selfishness and become humble and truly examine our own self, our own heart, to understand what's going on on the inside and what the triggers are and where they come from. In the second segment of this program, we're going to be talking about those triggers and how we can identify them and what we can begin to do to overcome those triggers so that we can become that caring, compassionate, grace-filled parent we desire to become, but we just know that these things keep getting in the way. We blame our frustration, our impatience, or our anger on our kids or our spouse. We trap ourselves. How do we do that? Because our impatience hurts those closest to us. They pull away and their hurt starts to trigger them and they start becoming impatient with us. And all of a sudden we're in an impatience circle where we're triggering each other and we're blaming each other and no one's stopping to break the cycle by saying, wow, there's something going on with me that's causing me to have such high expectations, to have to have my goals met right away, to have to have my kids perform and jump when I say jump. They don't. There's something wrong with them, and it's okay for me to be frustrated and angry. No, it's not, because we want to have great relationships, and we don't want to be selfish. We want to lead like the good shepherd. We want to be like Jesus, where our kids want to chase us around the lake, like the 5,000 chase Jesus around the lake. And that won't happen if we react and get angry. Just think about it. Imagine if Jesus reacted and got angry over and over again with his disciples. Would they have followed him? 
Would they have been there to continue his message? Would they have been there to love and disciple the next generation of believers? Would we be here today listening to the Faith Radio Network if Jesus had had a patience problem, if God was an impatient God? So one of the keys to breaking the impatience in ourselves is humility. Jesus was incredibly humble, even though he had all that power and authority. He could have forced anyone to do anything, but he didn't. Humility, that quality or condition of being humble, is having that modest opinion or estimate of one's own importance. It means we don't think of ourselves so highly, our goals and our objectives so highly, that we can't stop and look through the other person's eyes and seek to understand their perspective, which is where the second tip for becoming a more patient parent in the article goes. Look at the situation from your child's perspective. One of the questions I love to ask parents when I'm doing a live event in a church is, do you expect your kids to jump up from their game, their book, their toy, or their doll immediately when you say it's time to go? And the parents all say yes. Then I'll ask, well, when you're in the middle of the email that you're writing to a friend, to a family member, or for work, and your spouse says, hey, hon, would you take out the garbage? Do you interrupt that email, jump up and go do the garbage, and then come back to the email? Or do you finish the email first? Of course, we all know the answer to that question, which is why it's so important as adults to have that humble attitude with our kids. Because what they're doing is as important to them as what we're doing is to us. Their perspectives are different. Granted, they don't have a mortgage and they don't have the deadlines that we face. But what they're doing in their world is equally important or maybe more important in their eyes than what you're asking them to do. Impatience in these situations only serves to make things worse. When we get frustrated, when we get upset, oftentimes what happens is our kids get upset back and they push back. And all of a sudden we're in this battle of wills that ends up taking more time than if we had asked our kid, why is this game so important to you? And I found once we listen to them and then say, but we really need to go, you can come back to it in a few minutes, they'll disengage because they felt heard and understood. Of course, we can't get there if we get impatient because our goals are pressing on us and those goals cause us to get frustrated or upset, which can lead to those battles of wills. When we stop and really look at the world through our kids' eyes, it can really help with our patience. Why is this? Because I found far too many times assumptions are lying behind our impatience. What do I mean by that? I talk with parents and kids all the time, and the parents have assumptions as to why their kids are doing what they're doing. A great example is a kid during adolescence who the mom says, hey, would you take out the trash? Five minutes later, she comes back and asks, did you take out the trash? And the kid says, no, I forgot. The parent assumes they're being lazy or being manipulative. The child actually forgot because the adolescent brain shifts electrical activity from the front lobes to the back lobes of the brain, and as a result of that, the short-term memory is impacted in an adverse way. And so the kid really did forget, but the assumption that they're lazy and just dodging the work leads to hurt 
on the child's side and leads to impatience on the side of the parent, which breaks down the relationship, which is why so many things go awry during the adolescent years. I've found in my coaching, when I sit down and listen to a child and then help that child share their perspective, their feelings, their issues with their parents, light bulbs come on in the parents like no tomorrow. They're like, holy cow, I didn't realize that's what you were thinking. I didn't realize that's what you were feeling. That's why you're reacting. I thought it was just because you have a bad attitude and you're becoming rebellious. These conversations I facilitate between kids and parents really help resolve a lot of issues and help the parents arrive at a more patient place because they're actually seeing things through their kids' eyes. They have understanding. They develop compassion for their child as opposed to assumptions that lead to frustration because the kids aren't hitting our expectations or they're not delivering upon the goals we have for our family. This is the reason we really need to look at ourselves and realize that patience frustration and anger are on our side of the ledger. They're not caused by what our kids or spouse are doing. And that's why we're going to continue the series next week talking about the emotional triggers, how we identify them, what we do with them, so that if our kids are saying things or our spouse is saying things that triggers a strong emotional response, it's going to be very difficult to conquer a patience or impatience issue without looking at what's emotionally going on with us and why we're triggering. So join me next week, Jeff Schott, with Revive Families Connecting Hearts as we continue in our series related to developing patients. It's so vital to have great relationships within our homes. Thanks for joining me. Have a great week. That's it for this edition of Revive Family Parenting in the 21st Century with Jeff Schott. We'll return soon with another program designed to help you become a wiser, more effective, more influential parent. Jeff's website is revivefamily.com. Parenting in the 21st Century is produced in association with Faith Radio. Jeff Schott is a pastoral counselor and coach. He is not a licensed healthcare professional. What you've heard is not a substitute for seeking professional medical or psychological support.